good afternoon. Welcome to our radio show. Hello. Hello. That's Hi. good. It's called <laughs> LGBTEQ. Yes. Um, let's introduce ourselves first. Uh, my name is Floor. I'm as queer as they come. <laughs> and I love music, especially queer music. I also play the guitar myself. Amazing. Yeah. What about you? And your pronouns? I thought. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My yeah. pronouns. My pronouns are she, her, and they, them, and just whatever feels good to you. I don't really care, actually. We're for that. Very nice. Uh, <laughs> my name's Eli Hooper. I uh, I'm come from all the way uh, on the other side of the, uh, the world <laughs> and I uh, haven't left the house in uh, 12 days uh, and I, I left just to, uh, just to be here. We're uh, happy. Yeah, the pronouns, yeah, uh, he, him, but uh, whatever feels right, that's cool with me, uh, do your thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Nice. Um, my name is Kio. Uh, I'm from South Africa, so also a way away, and I often get confused with uh, Eli's accent over here. Um, <laughs> I'm doing fine art, and at the moment, just like an exploring artist. And my pronouns are they, she, and on to Emma. Thank you. Um, my name is Emma Dijkhuis, also known as DJ Dijkhuis. <laughs> yeah, born to be a dyke. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm in graphic design and obviously love music. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, and my pronouns is she, her. Beautiful, beautiful. And what we're going to talk about today is queer music, I think in the broadest sense of the word. Um, it would be nice to say for us, like, what exactly do we mean with queer? Um, and the term queer will be used um, to address, I guess, any sexuality that isn't heterosexual and, like, any gender identity that isn't cisgender. Um, yes, and if I may, I'm going to start off. I did a little bit of research I'm on excited. Uh, androgyny in pop culture. Um, because I've been told quite often that I look androgynous, but there haven't really been many contemporary pop artists to look up to, like who look very mm. androgynous. So I dove into the wonderful world of the World Wide Web. And we love her. Yeah, we do. We do. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and I read a couple of articles. And I think when you say androgyny in pop culture, a lot of people say Prince, right? Yes. I think that's one of the first, first names mm, you think sure. of. And I think he's known for like his androgyny and for being flamboyant and just completely blurring the lines of like gender. Um, but I actually read a story, I came across a story, because in 1981, uh, Mick Jagger yeah. from the Rolling Stones asked Prince to open up for their show. I guess it's, it was like a re arena tour. Um, and after playing like three songs, the crowd started booing Prince off the oh. stage. They called him like the F word and the, oh. the N word and Fuck. all these racial and homophobic slurs, uh, racist and homophobic it. slurs. And it was really awful and eventually wow. he even started throwing things no and they ways. had to leave the yeah. stage and he was like crying backstage, took the plane back home and cancelled like the next two shows, I think. Oh, right. That's Which awful. is crazy to think because this was in 1981. It was yeah, like was a couple say. of years before his major breakthrough. Yeah. And I think it's quite crazy to think like how does this pop artist first get all this hate like on stage in an yeah. arena? It's pretty intense. And then a few years later, he's being praised for what exactly he was being booed off stage so for like a couple years earlier. That's pretty crazy yeah. to yeah, me. It got a bit mainstream at the time in like yeah. glam rock and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like this was like the major type of glam rock. 
And yeah. Glambrock is being praised for its flamboyancy and all mm. these artists just doing their own thing. Um, because you also had David Bowie, of course. I think yeah. a lot of people yeah, also yeah, think David Bowie, like yeah, Ziggy yeah. Stardust. Um, yeah, when I told my father that you were non-binary person, he was like, oh, oh David, David Bowie. <laughs> 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 I know what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's why it's important to have like a bit mm-hmm. of a representation. But then Ziggy Stardust was his alien androgynous alter ego mm. like mm-hmm. it people didn't really they of course connected it to david bowie but it was like a separate, separate thing yeah. still separated okay which is also i guess a way of people to accept it especially yeah. like in the 80s and 70s yeah more to understand yeah yeah um yeah but back to prince i actually have a fragment of a piece of music i thought it'd be nice here to start off with a bit of prince you can never go, go wrong with prince and it's called uh, i would die for you and the first lyrics are, I'm not a woman, I'm not a man, I'm something that you'll never understand. And Amen. I think that's nice. beautiful <laughs> because he kind of posed himself as like a human question mark. He's like, I'm not a woman, I'm not a man, I'm neither of those, I'm just me, you know? I think that's beautiful. I think wow. it's right on the spot, you know? Very good. Yeah, so let's go. Do that. Let's play it. I would die for you by Prince. Um, and I have another story for you here. Um, because when I was doing this research on androgynous, and with androgynous, that's I think it's important to mention what exactly is androgynous. And yeah. androgyny, the literal meaning of androgyny, is the combination of masculine and feminine characteristics mm-hmm. into like an ambiguous form. Yeah, like okay. gender expression. Like gender expression gender instead identity. of gender identity. Yeah. And I think okay. it's important to mention that these are two very different things, of course. But I think androgyny is also a very queer thing because what you're essentially doing is, look at me. I'm yeah. not a man, I'm not a woman, I'm both, I'm neither, I'm everything yeah. at once. Yeah. Not and the I gender roles. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a very like queer thing to do. To like, like it's like a big fuck you to society's expectations. Yeah. yeah, that's nice. Wanted to mention that. Um, what was I gonna say? Yeah, uh, when I was doing research on all these androgynous pop stars, I came across a name, and his name was Joe Bryth. Have you guys ever heard of Joe Bryth or Joe, Joe Bryth? No. no, no, not me. No. no, it's quite a sad story, actually. Um, yeah. He was the first openly gay pop star um, that is the, the, that at least was known. Um, he had a song on the radio once, and he was discovered by what would soon to be his manager, a man called Jerry Brandt. Mm. Mm. He heard a song on the radio. He actually thought it was pretty bad, oh. but he found him somewhere, um, and he like approached him and from the first moment on like the moment his career started he realized that he was gay and he realized wow. that could also be his selling point so wow. what he did he was actually like a very like calm 
guy, but he mm. forced him to wear makeup, like full face of drag and like very flamboyant oh, so clothing. His manager, his manager, oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. I actually couldn't find a lot of it on the internet, but mm. I think it was quite clear that it was never really Joe Bright's own idea. Yeah. Uh, but it didn't even really have much of a choice because when his manager found him, he was actually like living in a very small room as a prostitute, and I think he oh. kind of saw it as an opportunity, like get into the music business yeah. because he did have a love for music. Um, but his manager kind of had these grand ideas with him. Yeah. He Actually, there was a moment in time where he was going to be the next big pop star. He could have been like the David Bowie of the United States. Um, he had uh, big advertisements on billboards in New York City. His wow. face was all over Times Square on like buses and there was like posters of him. Yeah. It was like a big marketing campaign. Mm. Um, he released this album and for some reason, people just didn't, didn't buy take it. take off. It mm. just flopped completely. It didn't take off, exactly. Yeah. Which is quite sad, because his whole career just went downhill from there. Yeah. And he never really got the fame he was expected to have, which is kind of sad. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And also, uh, I found out that he was the very first internationally known pop star to have died of AIDS. Oh. Uh, I think oh. so in 1986. Really yeah, it's really sad. He actually died behind his piano. Oh my He was found gosh. behind his piano. Yeah, it's wow. pretty Story crazy. Oh boy. Um, so I looked him up uh, on Spotify and I want to play a song uh, by him. Yeah. First, I have another thing I think that kind of adds to the sad story. You guys yeah. know the Smiths? Yeah. You I guys do. know Morrissey from the Smiths, like I the lead do. singer? Yes. He yeah. actually wanted to book Joe Bryant oh. somewhere in the 90s. Oh. He was he found his music and he was like, I want this guy to open for and then a he found tour. Out he was dead. He oh. found out that oh. he was dead oh for like gosh. eight years. That's how little there was known of him oh. um, wow. in the world. So I think it's quite sad. That's super sad. Yeah. So yeah. we definitely uh, deserve to listen to him. Yeah, yeah let's just celebrate yeah. his life. Let's celebrate yeah. his life, yeah. It's called, ironically, I'm a man. Amazing. That piano is crazy. Yeah, it's beautiful. Goosebumps. I'm a man. Gentleman. Wow. Yeah, it was beautiful. Really nice. It only had like 30,000 streams on Spotify. And that was like oh his most crazy. listened to song. He's like. His name is Joe? Joe Bryath. Joe Bryath. J O B R I A T H. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Beautiful. Goosebumps because of the piano story you told me. Yeah, right. And then yeah. hearing only his voice in the piano is. Yeah, yeah. Wow. It's so crazy because everyone expected he was going to be like the next David Bowie. Yeah. In like the time of glam rock, it was like this peak time of androgyny and just being out there and just wearing yeah. whatever you want. But for some reason, it never took off, which is kind of sad. Super sad. sad. It's pretty sad, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, so that's pretty much all I wanted to say about androgyny in pop culture. It was quite hard to pick the artist I wanted to talk I about totally because, you, of course, you have Sylvester, you have Little Richard, <laughs> you know, you have yeah. so many. Yeah. Grace Jones, let's not forget Grace, Grace Jones. Jones yeah. Yeah, I think you did a great job. Yeah, yeah? yeah. thank you. Very nice. Thank you. Really, thank you. really nice. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, well, uh, I guess that brings it to me. Um, and I'm going to be talking about the history of ballroom culture and voguing. Uh, perhaps one of the more uh, flamboyant and extravagant uh, queer expressions in, uh, in music. Uh, and uh, also something uh, that we've seen a lot of in, in, in the media today uh, through things like uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, yeah. uh, Pose, mm-hmm. yeah, Legendary. Uh, Legendary. So why me? Why why am I talking about it? Well, you know, <laughs> I love house music, I love dance music, and through that I discovered uh, ballroom culture. Immediately captivated, amazing. It's a uh, it's extravagant. It's uh, I they use the word opulence, which is uh, you own you own everything, and I uh, <laughs> fuck yeah, you know, let's go for it. Um, but I am also speaking from an outsider's point of view. I've I've never been to a actual ballroom so you should i should i really should uh and i'm also i also can't speak for a lot of these minority groups uh Mm. but uh i'm speaking as a lover of uh ballroom culture amazing uh but we'll go straight straight into it uh queer expression has always been prominent uh although underground yeah you saw this in the uh 19th century uh saloons cabarets speakeasies, rent balls, whatever you want to call them, <laughs> they were there. They've always been They've a thing. They've always been there. Yeah. That's like super interesting about queer cultures. It's always been there. Yeah. yeah. Even if it wasn't uh, necessarily uh, covered in history. Uh, yeah. And that's, you know, fuck the patriarchy. Uh, so, and the Harlem Renaissance kind of brought this all to the mainstream. 1920 to 1935, it was this flourish of culture um, in Harlem specifically, uh, meaning Harlem was always at the centre of this all. Uh, and mm. uh, Langston Hughes, the poet and the and the leader of the Harlem Renaissance, who was also queer, not a lot of people know this, oh, wow. uh, he went to a ball and he said it was the strangest and gaudiest of all Harlem spectacles in the 20s. <laughs> the queerly, queerly assorted throng on the dance floor, males in flowing gowns and feathered headdresses and females in tuxedos and box-back suits. We're all here for it. That's fantastic. Yes. I want to be there. I find it very (laughs) interesting because a lot of the drag and a lot of the story that you see in things like Pose is the mid-80s and you never see anything before then. Yeah. Uh, But I think we'll be actually be focusing on a little bit before then. Okay, cool. Here we go. And uh, balls, uh, they were, they, balls were always around, but they were also focused on uh, pageantry rather than uh, music and dance okay. uh, until uh, the 1960s. And Crystal LeBager accused organizers in the All-American Camp Beauty Contest of racism and rigging. Oh. And this uh, did not only cost her her uh, first place prize, uh, but she uh, went off and started hosting her own balls and... Uh, this was kind of the birth of ballroom as we know it. Wow. She formed the House of Labeja and other houses started to appear, such as the famous Extravaganza, Omni, Ooh, yeah. Ninja, Corey. <laughs> and uh, balls started to take on the objective of throwing the most shade to your opponent, which I think is pretty fantastic. Yes. Uh, yeah. A way to own and claim their own identity. And 
I think ballroom culture was a lot about finding your own identity in a world that robbed you of that. Yeah. Uh, but voguing emerged, and with this, we'll start talking about three different types of voguing, three different movements. The first one being the old way, and I have a song uh, to play uh, showing one of the, yeah, the the kind of flagship of uh, Vogue music and the flagship of the old way, which is a static way. And I'm excited to hear it. Yeah, yeah, here we go. Here's MFSB, Love is the Message. So good. MFSB's wow. Love is Damn. the Message. Uh, saxophone, wow. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's pretty interesting though because it, it, it's almost uh, like funk music. It's not very disco yeah. and it's not very house, which is something that you don't really see a lot of in Vogue culture. You usually just see the house and the disco parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, sure enough, then the disco in the house came and we have the new way of voguing, which came after the old way. Uh, New Way was in the mid-80s and it was more focused on athleticism and dynamism Mm. as opposed to these static poses that you used to see. Um, And actually, I'm going to go straight into the next one. This was uh, Malcolm McLaren's Deep in Vogue, the number one dance hit in July 1989, hit the billboard. And uh, we've got vocals from Willie Ninja, who is known as the grandfather of Vogue. Yeah, pretty nice. <laughs> and uh, it actually samples the song I just played previously, which I think is also pretty oh, amazing. Nice. Wow, nice. Good uh, one. Pretty, pretty groovy track. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I am going to just keep going, I guess so. Uh, the third and <laughs> final form of voguing was Vogue Femme, and that's the voguing yeah. that a lot of us uh, celebrate to this day. It was uh, more focused on uh, feminini- fe- uh, be- be- femininity <laughs> and uh, also martial arts-inspired moves and very, very exaggerated which i really like yes amazing and uh it was also focused they it was kind of this this uh, how do you say this uh, fuck. <laughs> 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 uh it was they used these slurs and they kind of uh, started to empower them uh like reclaim them yeah, yeah. and make oh, them yeah. their own which i think is really fantastic yeah. uh yep. and you can see this through the title of the next song i'm going to play which is Cunty uh, by Kevin Aviance. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> 
pretty, such a good song. Yeah, pretty uh, heavy hitting, I think. Yeah. Uh, you could yeah. kind of see how ballroom culture turns to more of a intense and in-your-face kind yeah. of thing. Uh, Definitely. And I think that probably comes from uh, the anger of uh, being oppressed. Uh, yeah, you even hear a whip a whips slash yeah. sound. Yeah. so good. Pretty serious stuff. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, uh, then, uh, you know, the mainstream started to kind of take notice of this all, which leads us to uh, Madonna. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you got Madonna's Vogue, which is, it's a polarizing uh, topic. Yeah, I was going to say, queer yeah. Community. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. Uh, uh, Kevin, oh, uh, yeah, uh, Jose Gutierrez uh, was a the leader of the House of Extravaganza, and he was in a club, and he met Madonna, and Madonna said, hey, you want to come be in this video? Um, And so Gutierrez actually defends Madonna and says that she did not steal it. She just kind of, she was there and she picked people up and she, you know, she didn't go to an Ivy League dance school Mm. and learn how to use Vogue. She actually went in there and saw it for herself. But That's interesting. I think that a large part of the queer community also says that she stole it and she appropriated it. It's probably because she's so credited for Vogue. Exactly. And yeah. a lot of people do yeah. associate voguing with Madonna instead of yeah, yeah uh, queer people of color. So exactly yeah. the people who actually uh, yeah. formed it. So yeah, yeah, interesting. Mm. Uh, but Vogue uh, ballroom culture today is still incredibly prominent. Uh, it's got a following now in New York and Washington, uh, and also uh, Chicago, but also internationally. Places that also oppress gay cultures such as Russia and the Middle East also have huge ballroom cultures. And uh, an example of what music they use today would be played by the fantastic (laughs) uh, J.R. Neutron, Junior Neutron with Godzilla Ha, which really shows, I think, the intensity of the 21st century ballroom. It got more intense than that. Wow. And uh, let's get into it. This is Godzilla Ha. Definitely got uh, harder. Yeah, yeah, really did. Definitely did. <laughs> uh, and I will finish off now. Uh, it was lovely to share this with you. And yeah, thank, thank you. you. Hope thank you, you all, uh, yeah, enjoyed it. There, cheers. Yeah, sure amazing. Um, yeah, so I'm going to be talking about queer hip hop, and um, yeah, mainstream hip hop has for like a really long time been known as one of the least uh, LGBTQ friendly music genres. Um, it contains a lot of homophobic views and uh, yeah, just anti-gay lyrics and a lot of that can be contributed to how male-dominated uh, the genre is. But I mean, that's a, a whole nother conversation. Um, but yeah, in the early 2000s, uh, queer hip-hop artists started to get some visibility. But um, so yeah, so labels like homo hop and queer hip-hop had started being used as like a way to create a subgenre of hip-hop 
Um, but the interesting thing is that the subgenre has no specific production style. So a lot of queer hip hop artists actually reject it because they feel like it isolates them again and separates them again from something that they're trying so hard to be a part of. Yeah. Whereas others find it like a really important tool in celebrating uh, queer hip hop. Um, so yeah, the visibility definitely started to flourish in the 2010s. And um, that can be, yeah, a lot of people thank uh, Frank Ocean for this, like for starting, being the catalyst. Yeah. Right. And um, I find that amazing. He also like, he inspired a lot of the queer hip hop artists that are definitely, famous yeah. today, like Kevin Abstract from Rockhampton. Yeah. yeah, really good. <laughs> but I still feel like that there's again, this like male spotlight on it like male spotlight on hip hop and then male spotlight again on like queer hip hop. Yeah. So I'm I'm uh, redirecting that today, you know, to the the femmes, the queens, the dolls, the MBs and uh, just like those that have a little harder time to mm. be seen. Wonderful. So um yeah, the first person I'm going to be talking about is uh Michelle Indegeocello and um she's like one of the first uh, uh lesbian like hope pop art is spoken about like that I could find and she starts in uh, 1992 um she was actually born in Berlin but uh was raised in Washington mm. and uh she was also the first female artist to be signed to uh again to Madonna's uh, record label uh, Maverick which was pretty big at the time and she was also openly bisexual wow. uh, but mo mostly known as lesbian mm. um but yeah she she's super cool I think she was way ahead of her time she uh, she once said that she doesn't uh, think of herself as a hip-hop artist but rather as uh, because of like uh, she said a watered, it's a watered down mainstream derivative that's hardly counter-cultural anymore and I think to be saying that around like the 90s is super interesting if we look at how hip-hop is now yeah and it's like super part of our culture so yeah, way ahead of her time yeah, yeah. so uh, this is her song uh, if that was your boyfriend he isn't last he wasn't last night which was released <laughs> in, uh, <laughs> Love that. in 1993 so here we go i was like girl you know what are you like this jealousy is not cute i felt that i didn't have something that he wanted and she did thank you very much you say that's your boyfriend, you say I'm out of line Funny, he said I could call him up anytime You could call me wrong, say that I ain't right But if that's your boyfriend, he wasn't as nice If I'm a kind of woman, I'll do almost anything Nigga, what? what I want, I might play any little thing Call me what you like, but you know what you should He's just jealous, cause he wasn't with you yeah, wow. nice. I love the slab bass Yeah, the slab bass was really <laughs> good yeah, she's, she's amazing Really groovy um, And she also uh, has a song called Leviticus Um which was super controversial at the time when it was released also in the 90s. Uh, a lot of uh, people of that time uh, thanked that song for like helping them come out. So yeah, she was uh, super influential. But yeah, next I'm going to be talking about uh, Big Fridia and she's from like the early 2000s. Um, so uh, his name is Freddie Ross, but she's better known as Big Fridia. And um, she's from the New Orleans and she's often... Uh, really, um, yeah, she helped popularize the New Orleans hip-hop genre called Bounce. Um, so Freddie identifies himself as a gay man, but she prefers all and every pronoun to be used when speaking about her, him, they, them. So I find right. that amazing. 
Um, and so she was often described as an artist within like the sissy bounce hip hop genre. But she said, and I quote, there's no such thing as separating it into straight bounce and sissy bounce. It's all bounce. So this is her song. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Jen and My System, which was released in 2010. Five, four, three, two. Nah, 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 nah. I got that gin in my system. Somebody gon' be my system. Do it for your third wall. Shake it for the fourth wall. Work it for the fifth wall. Clap it for the sixth wall. Bounce it for the seventh wall. Clap it for the eighth wall. Do it for the ninth wall. Fuck it for the tenth wall. Do it for you. Do it for you. Shake, 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 shake it for you. Work, 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 work it for you. Work for you. What year was this again? Uh, that was released in 2010, but she, like most oh. of her, like she's actually, she still releases a lot of music today. Wow. Um, but yeah, that uh, like bounce was really at its peak uh, wow. around then. So yeah, amazing. And uh, next I'm going to be talking about um, a duo. Their name is Goddess and She, and they're also from like the early 2000s. Um, they were often spoken about as being bound boundary breaking um they were like one of the few openly uh, lesbian uh, duos to make it into like mainstream music like make it onto radio mm. um well yeah like specific kinds of radio um but yeah they got their fame from appearing on a tv series called the l word which is about like these lesbians uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. know that. Yeah, i've heard of it yeah so uh, they got their fame from uh, performing on uh, one of the episodes so here is their song released in 2012 called lick it pay close attention now this rules and regulations to pleasing a girl Going downtown can really rock a world But you gotta make sure that you know what you're doing There's a map down there that you gotta start learning First, you gotta make sure you rehearse Move around your tongue like you're trying to curse Cause there's nothing worse than a tongue that doesn't work Then your girl will be mad and you feel like a jerk Spread out her lips before you kiss You wanna make sure that you find a switch Lick a little bit then move it all around Lick it all over till you hear it make a sound that oh, that's gonna be my listening playlist <laughs> for sure. All right. It's so dirty. It's so good. Yeah, you have to got it. Yeah, a song that doesn't work. What? What would you say? I was like, oh my god. Yeah, amazing. Um, and then lastly, I'm gonna be talking about Quay Dash, and uh, I found her about I think a year ago, and she's just amazing. She has such like a hardcore sound it's yeah she's just so she's so cool um so yeah she started in the like late uh no actually like uh maybe five years ago so mm. late 2010s um but yeah she's from 1992 born in the bronx um she's signed under Kant mafia which is a record label that has a lot of uh lgbtq uh artists so that's super, super cool. And um, I thought I would share a quote that she uh, summed herself up with in an interview with Dazed, where she said, I'm black, I'm trans, and I can actually rap. Plus, I'm pretty. So I, we're all here for that energy. <laughs> <Love> that. <laughs> um, so I'm going to play two songs from her. But uh, the first song is called Decline Him. The real, keep it trill, sipping O.E. Wildin' at the club, dressed and I blow weed. Got this nigga gassed up mm. with a hard dick But he ain't really into me being a hard chick But when you fucking with the boys face the hardships On my Pink Friday in the starships Call me China Dog, feeling like I'm Fox Brown Had the beat, taught me how to keep my glocks down 
So I pull up with the stick, blow your block down. All my pieces hitting, so who the op now? Um, yeah, I wanted to play more of the other song because I feel like it links to Emma's more. But uh, oh. I found the song that was actually produced by Sophie, which I think Emma's yeah. going to be talking okay. about. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they're on a song together. Or wow. Yeah. Um, so this Amazing. is uh, Queen of the Shit. Yeah, amazing. So I thought that would be a, a good lead into uh, what yeah. I'm really excited about from hear about from Emma. So yeah, to you. thank you, Kia. Yeah, we took thank a you. real good trip down memory lane, so <laughs> to say. <laughs> took a dive into the history of music, but now let's talk about the future. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so um, I was on the internet surfing once again. What do you do in the pandemic? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I com- came across the fi- some video, and it was uh, about Charlie XCX and how she was the future of music with Hyperpop. I don't know if you've heard of Hyperpop. Only briefly. Yeah. yeah. Scratch the surface, but I'm excited to learn yeah. more. I can l- let you hear a snippet of what it sounds like. Yes. Sorry, bro. Wow. The last <laughs> one you probably know. Room, room, Charlie. <laughs> yeah. It's quite well known in the queer culture, but like it got called the future of pop. And I was like, Charlie, it, it cannot be Charlie alone. It needs to come somewhere. somewhere so yeah. so I, I uh, looked it up and I found out that Sophie actually produced the whole album from Room, room or the EP. Go Sophie. Yeah, Sophie. Sophie is a trans woman and a very good pro- uh, producer. Mm-hmm. And she's also associated with PC Music, a record label founded in 2013 by A.G. Cook. Mm-hmm. And PC Music is, it's like, um, it formed on MySpace. <laughs> oh <laughs> Which my is really yeah. On MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> on MySpace. That feels so long ago. Yeah. yeah. I haven't actually used it. It's like, I don't think it's really a Dutch thing. Like, we had hives. <laughs> yeah. I hear so much about hives all the time. Yeah. yeah. Like it, sounds like it, it sounds like it was a good time. Yeah, it, it was, was like a good time. <laughs> yeah. What on earth is hives? Yeah, it's the Dutch MySpace. <laughs> yeah. Uh. yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was like in the time, uh, 2013, everyone had their own laptop. And, like, you could do so much, like, with the DAWs. You had, like, Logic, Ableton... FL Studio, all that kind of stuff. Like everyone could be a musician of the sudden, and that's where PC music took off. And it's um, it got it's music that really takes everything into extremes. Like the snippets you just hear, it's it's a very extreme sound, distorted, yeah. over the top. Yeah, it's r- really over the top, right? And it's actually kind of an anarchistic way of thinking, like. If you take Adele, for example, yeah, like <laughs> she's way more authentic what, than what you just heard. But for sure, is it because it's just a persona? It's also marketed. Yeah, so yeah. it's all thought about. Like she's gonna 
be there with an acoustic guitar yeah. and sing <laughs> like to the people. Yeah. <laughs> But is it really authentic? No, it yeah. is not. And this is kind of a reaction to that, to the mainstream culture. That's so interesting actually to consider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because uh, these sounds, they sound really fake and also yeah. in PC music, you really hear high-pitched voice and yeah. auto-tune overly used but they are transparent about it, so yeah. it's not fake. Uh, let me uh, sh hear you something about A.G. Cook. Um, I'm excited. Yeah, you can hear what I'm uh. talking about. Okay. Hey, you little piss baby. You think you're so fucking cool, huh? You think you're so fucking tough. You talk a lot of big game for someone in such a small track. Oh, look at those <laughs> arms. Your arms look so fucking cute. They look like little cigarettes. I bet I could smoke you. I could roast you. And then you'd love it. You'd text me I love you. And then I'd fucking ghost you. Hundred gigs. I yeah, hundred yeah. gigs. You know them. <laughs> yeah, this is a remix by AG Cook, but AG Cooks is a really good example too. Like it's a duo, but um, I think also a queer duo. Yeah. Oh wow, one of them at least. And uh, yeah, also PC music is just ruled by queer music. It's not like only queer, but the nuances are there. Yeah, yeah. it's very queer friendly. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, and it's really cool. Um, But also, um, these sounds, I was only 2013, but I was like, hmm, hmm this needs, there must be more. <laughs> I'm gonna dig deeper. I'm, I'm gonna go to Reddit. I'm Reddit. <laughs> oh, that's the whole. Yeah. Reddit is the, is the whole. Yeah. Reddit is the, the place to be when you yeah. research subcultures. <laughs> And I found something about, I don't know if you know this term, ghetto gothic? No. Never heard of it. No. no. Mm, okay, okay, okay. Then I'm gonna tell you a little bit about this. <laughs> All right. Um, it's, it's Ghetto Gothic is a party founded in New York City in 2002, um, and it was founded by Phoenix Phoenix X, a lesbian DJ, together with lesbians. her girlfriend. Yeah, let's Love go lesbians. lesbians. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> Amazing, right? Yeah. <laughs> But um, Phoenix X, uh, she organized this party with her girlfriend because. Uh, sh they thought like there's not a safe space for us for us yeah uh, like alternative people they were a little bit gothic like the party is called gothic <laughs> so they were a bit goth and people of color a queer person yeah they they wanted a party that represented them and there was a safe space for them yeah and um so that that place became uh, like a mixture of um, it was really women friendly it was queer but also people oh. of color it was yeah really cool space and um a lot of producers came there from that time and djs and oh, took cool. their inspiration there and i can only imagine what it must have been like yeah amazing yeah. Wow. Yeah, i'm pretty serious yeah yeah and also gem city uh gem city took a lot of inspiration there and there were also uh big ballroom influences Yeah. It, yeah. All, it all links. Everything's yeah. all yeah. together, always. Yeah. It's yeah. all based on the queers. <laughs> it's, it's true. It's true. <laughs> foundation. The queers are the foundation. Yeah. Um, so um, this sample is from Gem City, and uh, he took inspiration from Ghetto Gothic, the party. And you really hear the ballroom influences, but also how Sophie and PC Music, yeah. where they got their influence from. Amazing. 
That just made my longing for wanting to be there even more. I that know. sounds amazing. Yeah. Imagine hearing that live. Yeah, you can also kind of hear like the connection to Borland. Yeah, It also makes me think of like you hear the the sounds of a baseball or a basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. High school musicals, Troy, Troy. Yeah. So yeah, but that's what I found out, and that's amazing. So Charlie, is she the future? She might be, but the past was gay. It was always gay. Yeah, Everybody always was queer. queer. Yeah. Always. Yeah, oh, and yeah. the future is also going to be pretty queer. Hey, I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> We're excited for that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing with that, that with us. No Thank problem. you, Emma. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, it's my pleasure. <laughs> All right. So All I right. think. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we did it. Yeah, we've yeah. come to the end of our radio show. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you yeah. very much for listening. We hope uh, you added some new songs to your Spotify playlist. I right. definitely did. You gained some new knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So definitely <laughs> yeah. 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 Amazing. Enjoy your day. Yeah. yeah. Thank Enjoy you your so day. much. Thank you.